Welcome to the Horizon Church Podcast. God is doing incredible things in Tampa. Learn more about us at horizontampabay.com. We hope you find today's message inspiring and encouraging. Let's dive in. Good morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon. I'm so glad to be with each and every one of you here this morning. I've been running around a lot this morning, so I'm just going to take a deep breath, and I was going to invite you all to pray with me before we start the message today. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, for those of us who have rushed in here today, for those of us who've sort of just made it here today, God, wherever we come this morning, we just pray, God, that you will do what you always do, and you will meet us right where we are. For those of us who are out of breath and tired, for those of us who are just longing for your energy and and more of you and more of your love, God, wherever we are this morning, we just offer that to you. And we ask you, God, to do what only you can do, and that is take us to the next place that you have for us, to move us from where we are currently in our lives, God, to a place that's closer to you and your dream for, for us and for our world. We ask you to do that in us this morning, God. We love you, and we thank you for loving us. Amen. Um, This week, we are beginning a new message series on uh, meaningful relationships. So we talk a lot at Horizon about community, how we can surround ourselves with people that are shining light and igniting change in our lives, how we're doing that in the lives of other people, how we're being a part of community that's shining light and igniting change in the lives of other people. And one thing that we have got to look at, right, when we keep talking about this, is how we can have meaningful relationships with other people. Um, One of the statistics that have just absolutely broken mine and Chris's heart over the last year is that Tampa, it was in the, um, it was on the news this week actually, that Tampa is increasingly feeling more lonely. Like the people in our city feel lonely and isolated. And if we're doing our job, Horizon, people should not feel lonely. (laughs) We should be shining light and igniting change. And so I just... Over the next couple weeks, we're just going to look at some some things that that Jesus invites us into so that we can have relationships that are more meaningful and healthy, so that we can A, shine light and ignite change, but so that B, other people are experiencing that light and change in Tampa too. They're longing for it. They're craving it. And so we're praying right now that God's doing a mighty work in your family relationships, in your friend relationships, in your work relationships, in all of your relationships, that God will begin to do some, some good work in those relationships so that we all are are experiencing healthy relationships. One of the things that keep us from having healthy relationships is some of us have some toxic relationships in our lives. Anybody here? Don't raise your hand. Um, (laughs) Actually, my my family's here. (laughs) um, um, But if you have toxic relationships in your life, what is it that God invites us to do in these places? Because that's what causes stress in our lives, right? We know that not having good and healthy relationships can cause physical problems. It can cause mental and emotional problems. It like literally wrecks us when our community and our relationships are off balance. And so we're going to look at this week, what are some things we can do to experience healthier relationships? I, um, the middle school teacher in me brought a little science experience 
experiment with us this morning. And so we've, we've talked about at Horizon how God has asked us to be life-giving water for people who are thirsty and craving community and light and those healthy things in their lives. How can we be this kind of person, offering this good water, right, spilling it all over the place, giving people, um, you know, just sharing what it is that God has so graciously shared with so many of us? How are we sharing that with the world around us? But um, I, I don't know about you all, but then something magical happens when I leave this place. I like leave thinking, I'm going to be connected to Jesus, and I'm going to have healthy relationships this week. And then as soon as I get home, I pull up Instagram and Facebook, and I start comparing myself to all the, ooh, that was a lot. Sorry. <laughs> That's about what it does to me. Um, I just start comparing myself to all these moms who are posting amazing pictures of things they're doing with their kids. I feel like the worst mom ever because my kids go home and take a nap on Sunday afternoons. Um, we just start doing, right? We, we compare ourselves to everybody else or think about everybody else. Or, or maybe, maybe you're like me and you have this tally sheet and when somebody does something wrong, you pull it out like my spouse said something that hurt me and so I'm going to um, put that on his column. My mother-in-law has a column on here. Sorry about that. Um, my mom has a column on here. My two best friends, they have a column on here. My kids even, they have a column here on my tally sheet and I actually, one tally sheet's not enough. I have two of them. Um, and so I'm keeping up with what everybody has done and is, and I'm not kidding, what everybody has done and is doing wrong to me. And again, what I'm trying to offer to the world becomes just a little cloudy, a little more cloudy. Or, you know, I remember those relationships in my life that were toxic before, and I have put all these things in my bag, right? All these things that I've carried along that I've not forgiven anybody for, that I keep all this hurt and pain that I keep carrying around, and I bring all of that with me to every single relationship. And pretty soon, I've filled my cup up with just this toxic mess of stuff. Do y'all have anything toxic that you do in your lives that's hurting your relationships. And instead of having good, clear water to offer to the world, does anybody feel like they're just offering this cloudy, salty, not good mess to the world pretty soon? And then something happens, right? I'm, it'll help it if I put a little more in there. Um, then pretty soon, right, somebody does, this is vinegar, I can smell it, it smells terrible. Um, but this is, this is what happens so often, right? Vinegar is an acid, and so we're already this toxic mess walking around in the world, and pretty soon somebody says one hurtful thing to us, does one hurtful thing to us, and what happens? We explode, right? And we keep calm, right? We, we try to hide this maybe, and then something else happens, and we explode. We just keep disrupting, right? I, oh, sorry, Camille. I'm going to scoot this over. <laughs> um, I meant to put those up there. <laughs> but this is what happens, right? We've got toxic stuff spilling all over the stage and all over everybody else, threatening to ruin everything around us, right? Does anybody feel like some of your relationships, one thing at Christmas happens, one thing at school happens, one thing at work happens, and pretty soon we're these volcanoes walking around disrupting and spilling toxic mess all over everybody because why? Toxicity is a two-part problem, right? It's a, it's a, it has two parts. Part one is you bring your toxic mess to it, right? You bring your 
all the things that you can't figure out how to, how to heal from, how to get better from. You bring that, and then somebody else is pouring acid and hurt on it, and you just start disrupting and disrupting and disrupting. And pretty soon, we're walking around being volcanoes instead of offering the water, right? That, that water of peace and happiness and joy that we want to offer to our kids and our family. That peace and joy and happiness that we want to offer to the people that we work with, right? We, Maybe we don't love our jobs, but what does it look like if we could offer something better than a volcanic disruption every single day at work? Our friendships, what does it look like if you could sit down with some good friends at night and y'all just give each other some life-giving water of joy and happiness and peace? And instead, we're, we're just spewing things that aren't healthy at one, another, uh, at one another. And maybe some of you are like, I'm not, this is me. I just walk around like a human disruption, just disrupting all over the place, leaving all my toxic mess everywhere. And some of you are like, I, I don't really like disrupt. I don't like disrupt or go crazy on people. Well, how many of you feel like this inside? And what are you using to numb it? What substances or whatever else are you using to numb it and not think about it? How many of you are hiding from relationships, from the possibility of having meaningful and good relationships because you don't want to deal with this, in, these disruptions in your life? I, I'm here to tell you this morning, this is not the vision that God has for us. He does not, God does not want us walking around as human volcanoes disrupting our toxic mess on everybody. God has a different vision and a different purpose for your life. A vision where you're shining light and igniting change in the lives of your family, in the lives of your friends, in the lives of this community where we're offering something so much better and satisfying. So this world isn't putting on headlines how much, how lonely we are, but how healthy we are becoming because we're really good at relationships. God's dream for our lives and our relationships are not that we are erupting a toxic mess all over the place, but that we are the life-giving water of Jesus. So our, our toxicity is, is a two-way re reaction, right? We bring our own toxic mess into it, and then we, we have the pain and the hurt inflicted by others, and it just is causing this huge disruption. But I'm here to tell you, that God has a different solution. God wants to heal us from these toxic reactions that we keep experiencing. God doesn't want our lives looking like and feeling like that. God wants you offering those wonderful gifts I've seen in each and every one of you, those beautiful smiles I saw this morning when you came in. God wants to offer that to a world who's longing for it and who's craving for it. But here's the deal, guys. God's healing solution Heart. So often, right, I'm like, if you'll, God, this is what my prayers are like. God, if you'll just fix Chris, everything will be fine. I, I, it, that, yes, that's what I pray sometimes. God, if you'll just fix, sorry, if you'll just fix everybody else, then I'll be fine. And I never, ever pay attention to this toxic mess I've become inside. I want you to hear me, guys. God's healing solution is two-part. The first thing that God's going to do is he begins to heal and offer you a better relationship. The first thing God's going to do is heal your toxic mess. Do I need to use the other microphone? Thanks. I'm going to use the guest speaker mic. And this one's going to work now. <laughs> um. 
Okay. Are we good? All right. So God heals. God wants to heal our toxic mess. This week, Chris went to a Bible study on Tuesday mornings. There's a group of guys in our church. They meet at 7 a.m. at Wrights. Um, if you are not a part of a small group, this is my plug. If you're a guy, go join that group at 7 a.m. It is like I'm literally watching it change Chris's life. He comes in with just new support and encouragement every time he goes to that group. But he comes back in from the group. I've had, I've had the kids for the morning routine. We're getting ready to put them in the car and go out to preschool. And I ask him what I always ask him when he comes in from that small group. They're reading through the book of Matthew right now. I knew this. But I said, Chris, how did it go this morning? And what I expected is what he usually gives, which is it was fine. It was good. I'm glad I went. And instead this morning he said, Erica, I was really taken by the reading in Matthew this week. And I was like, okay, well, we've got preschool to drop off in 10 minutes. I'll hear about that later. And he's like, no, I want you to know something, Erica. This morning, I was really overwhelmed by how happy Jesus was. Like, I'm reading through Matthew, and Jesus is just really happy. And I'm like, okay, great. Thanks for sharing. We'll talk about that more later. We've got to go. And and Chris was like, no, Erica. He, Jesus was really good at being present. What, what does it look like for us just to slow this down just a little bit and, and be happy? And I was like, okay, yeah, we can do that. So we slowed down just a little bit. He helped me get the kids in the car. I took them to preschool, drop off, and then I went to write this sermon, and I couldn't help. I, I, we'd already looked at the scripture. It was going to be from Matthew. And so I started, like, thumbing through those verses he was reading in Matthew and I realized that Matthew was a great guy. Y'all, he was a tax collector. He was smart. He was a devout Jew. He loved his faith. He, he believed in God. He believed in what God was doing. But Matthew loved Jesus. Like, he was absolutely astounded that in a world where things were crazy and toxic, where people didn't have meaningful relationships and they were knocking people out of the way and not bothering to have real and meaningful community, Matthew was absolutely overcome by Jesus ability to be happy and present with people like they would ask him people would ask him these condescending terrible questions and Jesus could have like been a volcano and exploded but instead he offered these like profound responses about how to love God deeper and love your neighbor deeper like Jesus was actually a happy dude because he got this part of loving God and loving your neighbor really well. So I, I was like skimming through what, what all Matthew's telling us about Jesus. I, I was reading Matthew 5 through 7 where Jesus is teaching people like, quit worrying and spending all your time doing all those things that are clouding up your glass and making you a toxic mess in the world. Quit worrying so much about what all is to come. And, and look at today. Worry about what you have today. Trust in God, right? He, he spends two chapters, like, doing all these, like, amazing teach it, teachings, chapters 5 through 7, if you want to read it. And then he gets to chapter 8, and he starts talking about these folks who are bringing, like, literal physical ailments. Like, the toxicity of our world, right, sometimes causes these physical issues in our lives. And they're bringing these to Jesus, and he's, he's offering them healing. And Matthew's like, Matthew says this about him. He says, from, from Isaiah, I'm going to read it to you. Hold on just a second. He, he says... 2,000 years ago, this prophet Isaiah, the people were crying out to him. Israel said, we want somebody who's going to come and restore us. And, and Matthew says, this was, he, Jesus was doing all this. He was healing people from all the toxic mess they were experiencing in their lives. Their worry, their, their 
comparing themselves to each other. They're worrying about everybody else's actions and everything everybody else was doing. He, and Jesus offered to heal people how they were. And he said this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and he bore our diseases. He looked at our toxic mess and he offered us something different. That's what Jesus did. Like he literally walked and breathed on this earth and he said, that's toxic and it's not good. Let, let's let God root that out of your life. That's toxic. You're not having good relationships because of it. What does it look like to let God root that out of your life? Because I have a different purpose for you. I have a purpose for you to shine light and ignite change, not to be a disruptive volcano spewing toxic mess all over the place. I have something different for you. And so people, let me tell you, the first thing you have to do if you want healthier relationships is you have to begin to let Jesus heal you. You have to let Jesus heal you. He taught, Matthew talks about in chapter 9, he was a tax collector. He was doing things that were toxic. His business wasn't the most ethical business ever. He was cheating people out of money. He was working all the time trying to make ends meet. He, he was living a life that was toxic. And Jesus sees him collecting taxes out in the street. And he's like, come and eat with me, Matthew. And Matthew sits down at the table. And he was like, I'm tired of you transmitting all that hurt that you've experienced your whole life on all these people who don't deserve it. I... Let me tell you how that, how that tax collector job is working. You're transmitting every bit of hurt and toxicity in your life onto somebody else. And that's not my dream for you. That's what Jesus looks at him and says. He says, I want to transform that hurt. And I want to use you to be a follower. I mean, you don't have to pretend like you were never hurt or never experienced anything bad. But what does it look like to let me root that toxic mess out of there and to transform your hurt and to use your purpose in the world? And in Matthew chapter 9, y'all can read it. Matthew drops what he's doing and he says, I'm following you. I'm following you. And so the first part of God's solution for you this morning is if you're walking around like this toxic mess, what does it look like to quit transmitting that toxic mess all over the place and to give it to Jesus and let Jesus transform it? It doesn't mean you have to pretend like it never happened. It means that God can use those pieces of our story to help shine light and ignite change in a world that's dying to hear the power of a God who transforms and heals. What is it this morning that's in your glass that needs to be rooted out by Jesus and healed? What does it look like for you right now this morning to say, God, I'm struggling with this and I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm tired of transmitting this all over the place and I'm ready for you to transform it and do something new with it. The first part of God's healing means we don't transmit our hurt, but we let God transform our hurt. So it's a two-part solution. God heals our toxic mess. God begins to heal our toxic mess. And then people still, they're like, that's great. We love that Jesus is doing this. He's transforming these people's lives. Matthew's like, I love it. I feel different. I am different. God, Jesus has changed everything about me. I am transformed, and I'm different, and I'm healed. But now what do I do about all these other people I'm in a relationship with who are bringing all that toxic mess with them? What do I do about that, God? Like, I get it that you, have, you want to transform me, but what do I do about all of the other people in my life, in, my, in our lives, that are bringing all their hurt and pain and their toxic mess to mix in with yours? Like, how do we get this? How do we, how do we fix that? People are asking Jesus, and this is what he says. If you've, if you've got your Bibles and you want to open up with me to Matthew chapter 18, 
verses 15 through 30, it says, if your brother or sister sins, so if they hurt you, if they hurt you or someone else, if, they, if they're bringing pain about in the world, then go and point out their fault, just between the two of you. Does it say drag everybody and your mother into it and tell them all about it? Call your three friends, text five people, and tell them what they did. No, it says go and point out their fault, just the two of you. And then Jesus says, if they listen to you, you have won them over. Jesus says, if they listen to you, you're probably going to win them over. You can probably fix a lot of pain by just going and confronting the person, just you and them, and not dragging everybody else into the toxic mess. What does that look like this week? For if your brother or sister has sinned or hurt against you, if they've caused some kind of pain, what does it look like not to drag everybody and their brother into it, but you to go by yourself? It, Jesus says you'll probably win them over. You're probably going to find a solution. But if they will not listen, because that might happen, right? We're asking that question. Erica, I hear you, I should go talk to them, but that might not work. So if they will not listen, take one or two others along. Not 20, you don't need an army, just one or two others along. So that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. This is what I think Jesus was saying. Add two or three people into the mix of the conversation and they might help both of you see some different perspectives. This is a way God's offering us healing, right? Bring two or three other healthy people with you to the conversation and they might offer some different perspectives so that you can begin to experience some healing. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I got to that part and I was like, um, what? <laughs> like, what does it mean to treat him as a tax collector or a pagan? Matthew, who was a tax collector, was writing this. And I think that's together for a reason. If they, if they don't listen to you, take them to the church. Because what do we believe here, guys? Deeper than anything else, we believe that whatever you bring here, whatever hurt and pain and sin you bring here, God will transform it. What does it look like to bring your people to a healthy church where they will hear that? Put them up in prayer before God. We trust, God, that you can do something that none of us can do. You can transform the, the toxic things in their life and offer something different. That's what it means by bring them to church. Offer them a space where they can find healing and transformation. Treat them as you would a, a pagan or a tax collector. You know what Jesus did with pagans and tax collectors? He kept eating with them and eating with them and eating with them and begging them, stop transmitting your hurt. Please stop transmitting your hurt and let me transform it. What does it look like? What does it look like for some of us to do that this week? To just keep putting people in a place where we know that God can transform them. Let me read the rest of it to you. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth, whatever you're holding on to so fast on earth, it's going to be bound up in heaven too. And whatever you loose on earth, whatever you let go and you're free from on earth will be loosed in heaven. Doesn't that sound good that forever you could be loosed from some of these things? You could be not bound to him anymore. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And listen, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. 
So if, the, if forgiveness isn't possible, if reconciliation isn't possible, can you find two or three friends to just go and be in God's presence and trust God to transform? Because here's, here's the deal, guys. When we start to, to put people, right, to just confront them, just the two of us, bring a couple other perspectives in, and then we just start giving them up to God in prayer. What we do is we, say, we start to let go of some things that we need them to be for us. We start to let go of a few of those things and let God do what only God can do anyway, and that's transform them and give them a purpose that you may know nothing about. I, I'm here to tell you that I've, I've lived this story. I was raised by a single mom. My dad walked out when I was four, and I, I was mad, and I was mad for a long time about it. And every single relationship or thing that I engaged in, I brought that toxic mess and hurt with me every single time. And I had a really good friend in high school and college. Her name is Amanda Mitchell. She's the quietest, sweetest, most Jesus-loving girl I have ever met in my entire life. And God gave her to me just because of that. And I remember telling her one day, Amanda, I am mad, and I'm angry, and it is bad, and I'm toxic because of it. And she said, yes, you are. And she looked at me, and she said, what would it look like for you to just forgive your dad? I don't, I don't mean call him up and say, let's hash this out and fix it. What would it look like for you just to let it go, just to loosen what it is you're holding on to so tightly? And I looked at her, and I was like, I don't even know that I could think about that. And at the time, Amanda's dad was dying of cancer. And she told me, she said, Erica, my dad was dying of cancer, and he showed up at every volleyball game and track meet you ran at because I was there too, and he cheered for you as hard as any dad would. But you didn't. You were holding on so tightly to wanting your dad to be there and things to be your way that you couldn't even notice how many other people were there cheering for you? What does it look like for you to let go of that? I was actually reading in my journal this week, um, back to when we had that conversation. And it was, a, like, there's no other word for it than magical. It was a magical moment when I let go of needing him to be exactly what I wanted him to be and just keep offering him to God. That doesn't mean that I didn't grieve the relationship, that it didn't hurt and it wasn't painful. It just means I started giving it to God because this is what I knew. This is what I knew. I couldn't clean this toxic mess up by myself anymore. I couldn't. And you know what I was doing? I was spewing a bunch of toxic mess on everybody and every relationship around me. And God wanted something different for me. And thank goodness I had a friend who said that to me in the most loving way. This morning, if you want your relationships to look different, what does it look like? for you to quit holding on so tightly to what you need everybody around you to be, and you give them to God, and you trust God to start being those things, start providing those things. I, at that moment, I looked back at so many uncles and coaches and friends that had showed up for me in all parts of my life to encourage me and support me and love me. I had a community behind me and supporting me, even though it wasn't exactly what I wanted. What does it look like this morning for you to let go of this toxic mess and to trust God to transform it and to just keep trusting the toxic people in your life to Jesus to do what only Jesus can do. You don't have the power to change them or heal them, but you have the power to not be controlled by that mess anymore. Can I pray for us? God, we love you and we thank you for loving us.
For those of us who bring whatever toxic mess it is this morning, God, we just ask you to root it out and to heal us. Show us what that looks like. For those of us who need two or three people around us just speaking your truth in love, God, I pray for that right now around these people. And for the folks who are having to make those hard decisions, God, to loose those things that have bound them so tightly here, God, I just pray for strength and courage and grace for them to do that. We love you, and we thank you, God, that you are in the business of transforming and healing. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Horizon Church Podcast. If you are in the Tampa area, consider joining us one Sunday. You can also be a part of Shining Light and Igniting Change by financially supporting the ministries of Horizon Church at horizontampabay.com giving. Thank you again for joining us.